Today, we are bringing you something new on the podcast. Welcome to our first on-air coaching call. With our clients, we are able to help them set reasonable goals, put an action plan in place, and reframe what has happened with their learner already. Today, Christine Walsh joins us as a very first guest on Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. She has two adult children who both struggle with executive functioning and their academics. Listen to how we reframe her history, help her work through her mom guilt, and provide her with action steps that are a little unusual for us, but warranted in this situation. Be sure to listen until the very end to hear our big takeaways from this conversation. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 36 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. We are so excited to welcome one of our favorite people today, Christine Walsh, and our very first guest to the podcast. Welcome, Christine. Hi, Christine. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) We're really excited. So we want to tell our audience how we met. So we all met. I mean, Steph and I knew each other, obviously, but... (laughs) Because we're married. <laughs> we're married. But the three of us met at Biz Chicks Live, which is a conference for women entrepreneurs hosted by Natalie Ekdahl of the Biz Chicks podcast, which we all love, right? Yep. Yep. And we were sitting together at dinner the first night. And I just kind of want to paint the picture of what happened, which was essentially we sat with you kind of randomly and we, we did. did a coaching call with you right then and there. <laughs> Basically. And I felt so much better. <laughs> Share a little bit about what that experience was like for you. It was actually very cathartic. You immediately made me feel at ease because of all the things I had rolling around in my head. Mm-hmm. And you, you dispelled any of those crazy notions I had. So I immediately left our discussion kind of going, oh, okay, um, this isn't as bad as it is, as I think it is. And it's fixable. It is fixable. It is fixable, but it, yeah. it was about small incremental steps, right? And kind Correct. of reframing a lot of the stuff that had happened in your family for you. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. So, Christine, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family? So, I, will, I have two children. Kevin is 20 now and Haley is 21. But for many years, they struggled in school. I am also divorced. I have remarried, but I was, I'm divorced. Their father has ADD. Mm -hmm. He's also a recovering alcoholic. So there's a lot of things with the bipolar going on there. Mm -hmm. And so my children, as much as I I was around them, I raised them probably 98% of the time. And so it was dinner and then homework and sit down and do the homework kind of thing. And that's what we did. And, And I thought I instilled all these great values in them to get homework done, ask questions that, you know, that comes first before video games kind of thing. But it was still a struggle, and it continues to be a struggle, even when they're in college. I don't know what to do. I don't know if it was my fault. Should I blame myself? Did I not do enough? Did I do too much? Basically, that's the gist of the family circumstances. My husband has four children as well. So we're a blended family of six, but his children seem to have no issues in the education realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which makes it complicated for you, right? Yeah. And and honestly, for them too, your husband's children are around the same age as your kids. Yep. So they're seeing other kids besides their friends, but they're seeing other family members flourish mm-hmm. and you're seeing other family members thrive. It gets increasingly complicated. It does. It really There's so does. many layers to this. It, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, too many layers. There's a lot of layers. That we can, layers. This is an onion that we can unpack. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to know before we dive in a little bit, where are your kids right now? Like you mentioned they're in college, but like what's their situation? Are they going to a four-year, a junior college? Like how, how are they viewing school, et cetera? How are they feeling about school? Oh, well, I will start with my youngest, Kevin. Um, he was going to York College, a wonderful school. He, he got a little bit of a scholarship because of the high school he went to, not because of his grades. And so he was at this great four-year college and then was taking classes and then dropped classes and dropped more classes and then failed this and failed that and ended up leaving after the first year because he said, I don't want to waste your money anymore, mom. And I said, okay. And he's at community college, maybe taking three classes. And it's funny. Last night he goes, yeah. So I have a 67 in communications right now, mom. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) He does not spend a lot of time on homework. He's in his room in front of his computer, he's, which he built. So he's an intelligent boy. But the time, it seems to be he plays video games or is watching anime more than he's opening his books and figuring out that he's got, you know, a couple of years left before he flies the coop and he's out on his own. Mm-hmm. Now, my daughter, she is a bright girl. But for years, it's since high school, really, it's been a struggle with her to do homework. It's like she almost lost enjoyment out of going to school. So she just mm-hmm. didn't even worry about studying or, or passing tests or anything. Yeah. It's hard. It is. It is. And I think she's the one that's got the most issues. She went to college, four-year college, Marshall down in West Virginia, and mm-hmm. she partied for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. She... I think after a year and a half, maybe had nine credits because she flunked out. Mm. Yeah. So she went back in September on her own dime and they ended up disenrolling her three, four weeks ago. Mm. Oh, that's an update. Yep. Because she didn't pay the balance. She could have called her dad or I and said, hey, I'm 400 bucks short. But she didn't. She didn't take care of it at all. She said, oh, I thought I had another week. Yeah. I kind of want to go to what happened to her in her high school, because I think that's one of the big takeaways that you walked away from our conversation with, which was we kind of normalized that emotional disconnect from school a little bit. Mm -hmm. So this is something that Steph and I talk about is that when otherwise bright kids struggle in school, and it's gone on for years and years and years, they do emotionally disconnect from school at a certain point. And the motivation piece really, really does disconnect. Right, Steph? Adding in that, you know, ADHD runs in your family. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if you told us if they've been diagnosed or not, but doesn't matter because at the end of the day, one of the things I remember we were talking about is how if you're a student with ADHD in particular or just a student who struggles, a lot of times those students put in double the amount of effort to get half the result. Correct. So I think that was one of the first things we were talking about. I think the other thing that we talked a lot about that night 
was the fact that with ADHD, children tend to be three years behind their peers. So you're saying that Kevin is 20. So really, he's a 20-year-old body, but like the effort in the school and maturity of a 17-year-old. So I think reframing how you're looking at those two things is one of the biggest things that, you know, that we had been talking about that night for both of them and how it affects them so much. And after so many years, can't really blame them for disconnecting. It's so hard. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so hard. Or I, I can't do this. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. And I think that's also fair. I remember one of the things that we asked you, because when Steph and I are out, quote unquote, in the real world, people hear what we do oh my gosh. and immediately go there. What happened with us at dinner that night happens all the time at family events. I'm at lunch with random people sometimes, and they immediately want to tell me their story, right, Steph? Oh my gosh, yesterday I bought something off of Craigslist by a woman that lives nearby, and we got into the whole thing. So yeah. yeah. No, this <laughs> this happens pretty frequently. And one of the things we asked you was, what are your kids good at? Mm. And why don't you share a little bit about, I remember we talked a lot about Kevin and where he really shined, which was, I think, with computers and programming. Am I right? Um, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed putting the, the computer together. Mm-hmm. But when he was in New York College and he had to actually take a coding class, he literally would call me walking from class to class Mm -hmm. going, oh, my God, Mom, I'm going to have to drop this class. It's too hard. I can't do the coding. You know, I I went in early and tried to get help from the teacher, and and it was just like, you know, Greek to me. He just Mm -hmm. didn't get it. It just didn't connect. So I'm going to drop the class. That was how he responded to the challenge. But he did go to the teacher. He did go to the teacher after I prodded him to. Right. Yeah. What are your hopes moving forward? Let's just stick with Kevin right now. We can go to Haley in a second. But what what would you like to see happen for him? And then maybe what Steph and I can help you kind of shape and frame today is what's realistic and achievable and set a time boundary for it so you know the action steps. I think one conversation I had with him when he was at school was, Kevin, where's your motivation? Mm. That's what's driving you to finish your college education. I had a motivation. Mm -hmm. It was to get a job, to get an apartment, to get my own Mm -hmm. car. It was, you know, because it was up to me to do those things. Mm -hmm. I said, buddy, you got to find the motivation to go to class, to do your homework, to, you know, put everybody out and just focus on what you're supposed to be there for. And he's like, okay, okay. And he never found that motivation. And he told me, he goes, you know, that phone call we had, I couldn't find where my motivation was. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, I mean, he's really open about it. He, he doesn't sugarcoat anything to me. So it sounds like one of his strengths is really his, first of all, this connection that he has with you and the fact that he's able to come and discuss this with you and your safe place for him. Mm-hmm. I can't even give you enough kudos for that. Because they think it's really hard to remove your own emotions because this isn't what you would have hoped for. No. This isn't when you had that little baby in your arms. This isn't what you would have hoped for, right? This has gone in a very different direction for you. And so just the fact that you have that relationship with him, after all these years of struggle in school, I want you to know how unique I think it is. And I'm sure Steph would agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's so nice. 
it's nice that he feels comfortable to be able to connect with you. What would happen if he started working and he put a pause on school for now? Um, I've asked him to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I said, I don't, maybe it's just not your time for school. Maybe it might not be. You know, it might not be your time. He would have to get a full time job, and I don't think he wants to do that. He likes his little part time job at Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd have to literally get an apartment. Does he live at home right now? He does. He's our okay. roommate. He's your roommate? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you charge him rent now? No, I don't. Hmm. Like I said, I, I don't know if it's my fault being too much of a, and I really wasn't a helicopter parent, I thought, but maybe I was just. Looking back at every stage of his life, did you not do the best that you could at that time with the information that you had? Correct. Right. You did the best that you could. So looking back and kind of blaming yourself, I think ignoring the biological piece is probably not the way to go. These kids are born that way, literally. And one of the things that Steph and I do through working with them in our capacity as an educational therapist is the first thing is builds a self-awareness. Sounds like he has a self-awareness about yeah, it. Yeah. I think he does. But where's that motivation to get the homework done this weekend? Something was due on Saturday. He emailed the teacher to tell her that he'd handed in on Sunday. Hmm. After work, he hmm. works from four to nine at night. Hmm. So you're going to do this assignment from 10 to midnight? Really? Yeah. The forward planning is is a little hard. You know, and I think probably the other aspect of things is he probably doesn't realize how long things take, which is something that we always tend to to see with kids that struggle with ADHD is they don't have a good sense of time. Time and forward planning and back planning. They don't have a sense of organization. They don't even have a calendar. They don't have a way or understand why it's important. Right. And why it's important that when you have an assignment and in college, all those sort of executive functioning skills that we talk about all the time on the podcast, it is expected that those skills are really solidified. And it sounds like he's missing those compensatory strategies. Mm-hmm. Exactly it. When you when you were talking about the executive um, functions, you hit a nail on the head. That yeah. was it. Can you remind me? Is he on medication? He is not. Is that something you guys are open to? Very much. Would he be willing? I think he would. I, I think he doesn't like where he is. He doesn't like the fact that he's living with mom. And now you have the motivation. There's the motivation. If I wasn't going to say it, Steph was going to say it, is what's his currency? He doesn't want to be living at home with mom anymore. No, he doesn't. And he wants to be out in his own. I'm not going to go in there and tell him to clean his room 20 times a day. And yeah, he doesn't no. want me saying it. Yeah, nor should you. Yeah. So his currency being he doesn't want to live at home with mom. What's important to him otherwise? His computer. I think okay. one of the reasons he doesn't go over his dad's house is because his computer is set up at my house. And it's an actual desktop computer. Okay, two screens. He's got, uh-huh. you know, video games and then another thing going on. Texting. Over here. Oh, yeah. yeah. And texting. And he's got earphones on. And he's talking to this friend. and He's killing this guy. And, you know, uh, there's a lot going on. But he likes the stimulus. Uh-huh. That, yes. And um, when he was younger, I don't know if I told you guys, my mother-in-law at the time, it was a speech therapist. And she mm-hmm. kind of told me that Kevin needs to see an occupational therapist. Okay. Because okay. the teachers would email me or call me and say, look, Kevin... Kevin wore out his pants and his knees again because he slides into the room, into the desk on his knees. And he did it all the time. 
every week I had to get new pants for that kid. <laughs> what the hell? And she said it was that she said you need to get him a, a job Sens- where he picks yes, yeah, sensory sensory processing. sensory input. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he picks up big rocks and he's constantly, you know, moving the muscles and what does he do at Lowe's? He um unloads trucks. Uh-huh. And does he like it? He does. There you go. I mean, he does, but he doesn't. It's a job. He's been there for over a year, but it's a good workout for him. He likes to look good and fit. Does he have a girlfriend or a social life or anything? He went to a private school. Okay. uh, Both elementary and high school. His life, private life or social life revolves around those boys that he was in school with. Mm. Okay. Good looking kid. And -hmm. when I walk into a store with him, the girls just kind of go, yeah, six foot two, skinny kind of, you know, Built That'll up. work in his favor. Yes, it will. And that's why I said, like, Kev, you're 20 years old. When is when are you going to find yourself a girlfriend? I'm not, I'm not interested yet. Now this is all coming back. I remember this part yes, of the conversation. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I still trying. Yeah, we're working on it. But I think in terms of action steps for him, mm-hmm. I think he doesn't even know what it's like inside your brain. He's so used to being inside his own brain. He doesn't even have the relationship or the understanding of what it's like for somebody who does not have an ADHD brain. We've talked a lot on this podcast that we don't often make the recommendation for medication, but I think in this case it's warranted and stuff pipe up. That might be a first step if he is open. What I'd really like to to know from him, what are his goals Mm-hmm. I'd like to know, maybe he hasn't even thought about it because he's so in the moment. In the moment. That would be a good description of him. And so I think some goals with some action steps would be a good thing for him, for sure. And I'm not sure they're academic related. Yeah, I don't know that they are either. And that's okay. You might start with having some lifestyle advancements and independence for him, separation from mom. Where if he could self-start a tiny bit, and maybe not even in school because school has been so difficult for him in the past, but if he could start to gain some more independence and even, I know we've talked about us doing virtual sessions, but maybe even the assignments within those virtual sessions, go research how much it would be for one bedroom. Go research how much it would be for a studio apartment. Mm-hmm. And here are all the other things that you need to think about when you're moving out. It's kind of that lifestyle coaching mm-hmm. so that he can back plan from it and start to see what it's like in accompaniment with the medication. Because one of the things that I hear from students a lot when they do start the meds is we had no idea what it felt like for you versus what it was feeling like for us. Mm-hmm. So to give the visualization, a student with an ADHD brain is often like, you know, Winnie the Pooh. They're often like Tigger inside their bodies. And they cannot self-regulate down to Winnie the Pooh, which is perfect. Winnie the Pooh is the sweet zone. You want to be Winnie the Pooh-like in your brain and in your body. Further down the spectrum, you have kids who are Eeyore, which we're trying to bring up because Eeyore is way too slow. Mm-hmm. But when you have the kid who's been Tigger his whole life, They have no concept of what it even feels like to be Winnie the Pooh. And that can be a game changer. But we have some concerns about doctors who prescribe meds. Is he even really thinking bigger picture? Probably not. No. Right? He's just chugging along, 
doing what he's always done because that's all he's known, really. If it's he really doesn't want to do school, then maybe he takes a step back and doesn't do it next semester. He has to replace it with either working with an educational therapist, working with a therapist, starting the medication, and increasing his hours at work. Yep. And if he doesn't want to increase his hours at Lowe's, he has to find a replacement internship with a gaming company or a computer science company or a contact that you have through your business or or we can even work with him on how do you establish a relationship with a company that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. He has to replace it. He can't just remove school because that's only going to perpetuate the problem. I yep. agree with that. But taking it out of the equation might spark some joy in him again because it sounds like the school is really – it's been so hard. A lot of failure. Yeah, I don't blame him. Uh, he was allowed to miss six classes, so he did. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he didn't even go. And just because he could. And just because he could. So when it came down to the day where he actually had an orthodontist appointment and he had to miss. It was a problem. There was a problem. And he said, I didn't even realize I forgot all about it. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. He needs a calendar. Do you know how he keeps track? Do you think he has a calendar? No. No. Yeah. No. No, I don't. I've asked him to keep it on his iPhone. Setting up the calendar in and of itself is a huge executive functioning project. Uh-huh. And it's overwhelming for kids, and they don't even know what needs to be on their calendar. That's why episode two of our podcast is How to Calendar, and we'll link it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. We, as the adults or the parents, see the need for something like that, but getting, it's not A to B. That's an A to Z project, and they have no idea what the letters are in between yeah. and how to accomplish that. Well, what you told me, he's not lazy. No. No. Part of the whole executive functioning thing that he lacks. Yeah. He doesn't know how to do a lot of things, it sounds like, and that's okay. It's one of those things that we have to make sure that, like, with his currency, that we can get him to have some motivation to learn how to do all those things because – He can't always live with you. Mm -hmm. Always going to be able to take care of some of the things that you're currently taking care of. And, you know, in a 17-year-old, you know, uh, mindset, he's just about at the age where those are the things that he can start to learn and work on for sure. Right, right. I'd like for you and for him to start experiencing some success. Uh, For him? For And for you. I'd like for you to see that and for him to see that. And right now, without all the compensatory stuff that needs to be in place in order to be independent and autonomous in college, which is what they expect, he needs that coaching up. I'm not sure it's going to happen within school right now. I think it's completely reasonable to say this is a goal and expectation for our family. We go to college in our family. That's what we do we get at least a bachelor's degree in our family because you want him to be able to, it's not about it, even a job. It's about being able to communicate with people. Right. College teaches you how to think in a lot of ways, right? And, and how to look at information and data and interpret it. And those are all skills that in your family, it is an expectation. But the right now goal is to start having some success. Okay. And so I think the first thing is, Experiment with medication with the doctor who knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I agree. He will probably need you to be very involved in that mm-hmm. right now. 
He's probably going to need reminders to take his medication every day. He's Mm -hmm. probably going to need you to check in with him periodically about throughout the day to see how he's feeling on it. Yeah. And and to make sure that the prescription is getting filled. Yes. And all of those things until he gets in a routine and figures out and has has the calendar set up (laughs) (laughs) to remind him Uh what to do. How do you set up a calendar with a kid that just is so not organized at all? Great question. Yeah. The first thing we do is we show them our calendar. I'm not even kidding. Yep. And the reason we show them our calendar is because they need to know visually what the end goal is going to look like. So the second thing is we prefer a Google Calendar over an iCloud calendar because there's never an excuse to not be able to log into Google. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you've lost your phone. It doesn't matter if you don't have your laptop. You're always able to access your Gmail calendar from wherever you are. You could go to the Apple store and, and get on there if you needed yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> I've done that. I've done that while I'm waiting for my co- something to happen with my computer. I've been on my calendar. Yeah. The next thing is you put in his expected repeated events. So you automate things. So do you use the Google Calendar? I do. Okay. So you know how... Recurring? Every, make it a recurring. It's a, it's a recurring event. Right. And then we have a checklist from that episode that's available as a download. We'll I'll email it to you after our call. But of all the things that need to go onto their calendar, and there's probably nine or ten things that parents don't even realize need to be on their kid's calendar, but basically he needs to know his time always. So for him, it would be his job. His job, his classes right now. His classes, his appointments. That dentist event should have never happened because it should have been in his calendar. He shouldn't have been able to see, I'm going to have a conflict. So I can only miss five classes. I really can't miss that sixth class. Mm -hmm. Well, he did go to the orthodontist and no one was there. Wow. So their executive functioning is lacking also. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. He's like, mom, they're not here. Is it, are they closed? I'm like, Kev, I'm at work. I don't know. You've got to be kidding me. Oh, boy. Oh, that's, and I imagine that sort of thing happens a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does, where he relies on me. Because you're his executive functioning right now. Uh Ah. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. He needs it. Yeah. He, He needs you to be until we can teach him to hold himself up. Right now, you're holding him up. You can only hold up a certain percentage because you're you work full time, you've got other commitments, you have a thriving business. The family, there's eight, seven or eight people in the family. You know, it's not all Kevin. You got all these responsibilities and you've got your daughter also. So you can only give him a portion and you won't be able to give him everything that he needs, which is why we need to teach him how to do it himself. Okay. So this dentist appointment, you reminded him about it? I had no idea he made it. Oh, you didn't even know? No, I didn't make it. He didn't wear his retainer when he, and I paid yeah. the braces and I refused to pay for another retainer. Yeah. And so he made enough money where he got his own retainer. And then I guess he was going to get it tightened or something and he had to get a new retainer. I don't know what the whole thing mm-hmm. was, but he, he called me from the orthodontist, literally in the parking lot. And I'm like, Kev, I didn't even make your appointment. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, there's nothing I can do. Christine, this is something we can build upon, though. Yes. His own ability to recognize that he has a problem, obviously, sounds like he cares about how he looks, right? He wants to have nice teeth. 
That's a motivation. And look what happens. He went and made the appointment. It sounds like he got another retainer at a certain point for himself. That's all executive functioning. So he's able to do it when he's highly motivated. He just needs more boundaries and containment and a system in place that is reliable. Because one of the things that I always tell my clients, I'm, I'm like, you can ask me, who are the clients I'm seeing today? Ask me. Who are the clients you're seeing today? I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> because it's in my calendar. It is in the calendar, yeah. One of the things that I was thinking about is we can create a shared Google Calendar where you can see his events, but almost that involves you too much. Yeah, I know. I exactly. was kind of I was thinking about that too, but maybe there's a shared calendar that's a family calendar that you can put on things that he's expected to show up at that are family events or whatever and you you can see that and that's shared but his day-to-day needs to be on him okay i think as we're getting further and further into this goal number one is to explore medication with a doctor who's proficient at prescribing for learners with adhd right so that's going to be somebody who is very attuned to the adhd medication. So it's not going to be not a pediatrician. Uh, yep, not a pediatrician, not not a regular doctor. Needs to be um a psychiatrist. It needs to be a developmental someone who prescribes all day for ADHD. I think there was someone that was referred to me in, while he was in high school and I never did it. I never followed up on it because I'm like Kevin doesn't have ADHD. Well, you both have learned me on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also when you know better, you do better. That's a great starting point. And then the second big takeaway for Kevin and the thing without knowing him, the thing that I think is going to have the greatest impact on his independence and autonomy is him having a system for organizing his time. Yeah. Taking control over that. It will, the anxiety that is caused by not knowing what comes next and these kids never know what comes next, is tremendous. It really is. It really is. And that's, you know, trying to keep it all straight. And, and you know, like we've talked about before, that he probably is just holding it in his head. And the amount that he's trying to hold on to at one time is significant. So, of course, things are getting jumbled. So he probably made the appointment, didn't write it anywhere, and just thought, oh, it's that this time he shows I'll remember. up. Yeah, he shows up. At a time, yeah, he remembered he had one, but he didn't remember the right time. Right. So then he missed a class. Then it, like, snowballed. He probably missed the appointment, got charged for the appointment. It's expensive to have ADHD. Yeah, yeah. I have clients whose uh, parents are also have ADHD, and they very much identify with their child, and they always say they wish they had an ed therapist when they were a kid. Yeah. But they are the ones that routinely get charged a late fee for paying the bill too late. It is expensive. There is a tax, so to speak, to having this sort of brain. So he would likely need a money calendar as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Notice that we're saying that, number one, we think for him, a medication might be a good option. And number two, managing his time. We're not looking at anything beyond the steps right now that he can take. It's not going to change overnight. Right. He's had 20 years to learn systems of how he's doing things, and it's going to be one step at a time to teach him how to do things in a way that will work for his brain. 
Right. Exactly. And too much too soon, you know, step by step. Yeah. He's really lucky to have a mom and I'm not just kissing your butt. He's really lucky to have a mom who can hang with him as he gets from A to Z because Z can be that goal to graduate. That can be that goal. Mm -hmm. That's fine to have that as a long-term goal, but you're hanging in on letter A and letter B right now to extend the metaphor. He's lucky. He's lucky. Yeah, agreed. So let's chat a little bit about Haley. So that was a big breath. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Haley's probably the most challenging, although she's 21. Things are starting to fall into place with her. And, and it's kind of interesting. I went to see a spiritual advisor last week. Oh. Mm. She told me about Haley and she actually just got Kevin down pat. But oh. she, said, she said, Haley. She's 21 going on 17, they're telling me. Oh, interesting. You've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. And she's listening to everybody else around her, and she needs to put her earplugs in and just forge ahead. And if she doesn't do that, she's going to keep getting what she gets. It was mm. kind of interesting. Um, her father thought that she had ADHD in high school, and um, I did not, again. Mm-hmm. It was tested, and it came out negative. Mm. Um. Two years later, Haley says, I think I have ADHD. She goes to the doctor. He prescribed, and it, this is just a general practitioner. Mm, he prescribes uh-huh. her Adderall. Oh. Mm-hmm. And she's just popping Adderall mm. and staying up all night. And, oh, boy. Yeah, and, and this and, is what we were talking about yeah. with having to go to somebody because it's not the proper process. No. For, for the child to say, this is what I'm experiencing, and the doctor just pull out the prescription pad. Not what we're advocating for. Exactly. That's what I said to her. I said, I don't Mm -hmm. want you going back to him anymore. She goes, Mm -hmm. mom, I need it. Like, you don't need it that bad. You're not even in school. Like I said, they unenrolled her for failure to pay the rest of the tuition. But Haley was, I think she was taking two classes because that's all she could afford. Because we refused to pay for her uh, Mm -hmm. college because she was flunking out of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she was passing these classes, which was interesting because the motivation was there. Right. It, she was paying for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think Haley's got too many people. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Instead of, you know, realizing what she needs to do and what she needs to focus on. When she was on the Adderall, though, uh, she did really well in school. But Isn't I think it was too much. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She did. She did. But high school was a struggle. Um, I mean, teachers would just find her in the hallway and it's like, Haley, why aren't you in class? Why aren't you in class? And and Haley, I remember she has it on video. She got a C in gym and my daughter is an athlete. I said, you got a C in phys ed, Haley? (laughs) You'd be surprised. A lot of kids in my practice, this is very similar. They're athletes and they're barely Mm -hmm. passing gym. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't, they didn't turn, yeah, they didn't turn in that one page, like, reflection on that run that they had to do in PE The one or assignment something. the whole Ex- time. Exactly. Yeah, that is her problem. It's, it's like, Haley, you, you are bright, uh, but you just don't want to show it. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets into these, you know, political debates with my husband and, you know, I don't even know what they're talking about half the time. But, uh-huh. but get her in a classroom and she'll be like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. a God knows She's- where. She's paying attention, just not to the right thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what's her currency? What's her currency? Mm-hmm. What's her motivation? She 
right now she is supposed to be in her senior year because all her friends are in their senior years. She is really in her sophomore year, if that. Her motivation is to get done with school. And she called me in tears saying, I can't believe I just threw all this money out the window because I, I, you know, I wasn't paying attention to the time of having to pay. And all my friends are graduating and I'm not graduating. I'm going to work really hard so I can graduate with them or, or a semester after them. It's like, Haley, you've got years ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the realisticness of it all. Yeah. 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 Do you know if she has a calendar? She does not have a calendar, although yeah. she's attempted many times. She got that Lily Pulitzer uh, calendar. It was really pretty and she started putting stuff in it. Yeah. And then that went all by the wayside. Yeah, it's like starting a diet. Yeah. Right. Every Monday I start a diet. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> well, yeah, but do you think she's ever tried a digital one, like using Google no. Calendar? That might be step one for her. It might we, be. In terms of our educational therapy process, they're starting at the beginning. Yep. The beginning, we check systems. Does this work for you? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Chances are both your kids also don't know where their stuff is. Educators will create a system for the students in their classroom that's different, especially in high school, than a system from another teacher. So I have students who will have one binder for their class but have five different sections in their binders. That's too many places for things to potentially go. So you know what kids do? They put them nowhere. Yep. Mm -hmm. They need boundaries, and this is how you do it, and nothing outside of that. And this is the time of day that you update your systems. We do it. I mean, you run your own business as well. Aren't you constantly updating your calendar? Mm -hmm. How many times a day would you say you're on your calendar? Oh, six to seven times, if not more. Okay. They're not even on it once because they have nothing built out. Right. And so the goal almost at this point, once a week, once the system is built out of checking their calendar, that alone can have a huge shift. They will retain this information in their brain And we look at it as kind of a snowball effect. It'll go to once a day, to twice a day, and then appropriately updating it, not making decisions until they've checked their calendar and what they're supposed to do. But this is a long-term Yeah, that's a muscle you have to build for sure. But the first thing is that she needs to have one starting there. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of at a loss with her because – the fact that she, the general practitioner, just kind of gave her this medicine and now she relies on it just to study instead of regulating her life, which is what it's supposed to do, correct? Mm-hmm. She well, doesn't I'm, use it to regulate her life. I mean, she uses it to get back to Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some concern about abusing it. But, you know, I think that if she has used it and seen that it's helped her be successful, I don't blame her. Me either. And I do think going to somebody proper to get the right dose, the right, you know, have it be, you know, used. Monitored. Yeah, and used for what it's intended for because we don't want any self-medicating going on that um, isn't appropriate. But that being said, if her currency, if she really wants to graduate, I think giving her those tools. I also think the graduation, not to interrupt, I think graduation is a very long-term goal. It is. Maybe we just need to start with, you're going to be successful in these two classes of high interest. For one semester. For yeah. one semester. We're going to make sure that money comes in on time because that you're going to have a calendar. It's going to be in there. You're going to know. We're going to make sure that you have inputted all the dates and assignments and tests and papers 
that they give you in college, they give you that on day one. Yeah, they do. And so all of that information needs to be put in. Does she have a job? She does. So the job needs to be put in. She has a social life too. Yes, she does. That needs to be put in there as well because school should not get in the way of social, but also social should not get in the way of school. We value both. Right. We want both for her. Right. For sure. Short term, and we're only looking at this semester. We can plan out how long it's going to take for her to graduate, but honestly, it's going to feel very far away for her. Mm -hmm. So if we can just make the goal short term, but she needs a calendar. And that needs to be something both your kids get coached up about, about how to build out a calendar. She thinks she's a semester behind. She thinks all of a sudden, oh, I'll take eight classes next semester to catch up, which isn't a reasonable goal. No. There's multiple parts going on that it's not just about like the money part. It's not just about like she has to actually pass the classes too because it doesn't matter if you take them and you fail them. It doesn't matter. So Well, and that's a good point, Steph. She needs to pass the classes. She doesn't need to pass the classes with 100%. Right. She doesn't even have to take these classes for a grade. I mean, we'd have to look. What's her major going to be? Does she know? She wants to do digital forensics. Oh, fascinating. Interesting. Well, she loves all the, you know, the FBI movies and the CSIs, and she loves all that. And I had mentioned it to her a few years back, and I said, Haley, you know all this social media and all this, all these things really well. Because I give her an electronic, she'll find something. I said, you should go into this. And she's like, oh, I would really like that. That was something that she really wanted to work for. And, and like I said, she paid her way back to college. That was her motivation. Mm-hmm. We did not pay her tuition. Has there been any talk about next semester now that this just happened? Yes. She put in for a loan. She got 8500 And okay. that is going to be used for next semester. Okay. Okay. So is that like a full load or d- can be split up or like? I don't know. I asked her if she registered and she goes, I haven't yet. And I'm like, that's kind of strange. Usually you register before the end of the next semester. But I'm like, this is Haley. So I'm, I'm going to let it go. This is her deal. I can ask her when I see her this evening whether she's, you know. You're doing the executive functioning. Functioning for her, yeah. Yeah, I know. So what do I it's do? It's hard not to. I know. It's hard not to. You can help her create the action steps. Okay, you haven't done it yet. There are deadlines. Do you know the deadline? How can you find the deadline? You can, you can guide her and demonstrate your thinking. Do the out loud thinking for her. But have her create her own solutions. And hopefully, if you're able to have them build a calendar, or even if we do, maybe we just teach both of them simultaneously how to build a calendar and do joint sessions between the two of them. But even if they can learn how to build their calendar, that date could then go into... She doesn't even have a proper place to put that date. So guess what happens? Mom remembers that date of when the deadline is, and mom nudges her. Mm-hmm. Did you do it? You're constantly, this is why that calendar is so critical. She needs to find the information and be able to do something with it. Right, right. And you can set alarms and reminders and get emails. The takeaway is that both kids need to start with a calendar. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like both kids, a medication is an option to explore a little bit more from a trained professional. Mm-hmm. 
what other questions do you have or or do you have any wrap up aha moments that you're taking away? Well, just the fact that I didn't realize I was their executive functioning and that kind mm. of floors me. And, um, you know, my husband would tell me, stop, stop doing this. You're, you know, you're going to, I made dinner for the kids last night. He's like, they're old enough. Let them make it themselves. And it's like, no, I still like to do those things. Uh-huh. That's okay. I need to empower instead of doing teach the process teach the process yeah this is a huge takeaway for me because i'm going to go home tonight and i'm going to tell them both about this calendar and the fact that we need to get them in to see someone that is a specialist in adhd mm-hmm. and insurance if they cover it great they don't we'll deal with it you know and just get them on the path to success instead of consistent failure yeah small, small success, success. <laughs> <laughs> I can't thank you guys enough. We adore you. Yeah, we do. Remember, success breeds success, so they will get there. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Oh, no problem. We really appreciate it. You ever need anybody with problems, you know who to call. (laughs) (laughs) Next time, it'll be different problems because they'll be they'll be ready for the next step. They'll have had their calendar in place, and that'll be a game changer. And it will, and we can schedule a follow-up where I can even, you know, you can even do it on the podcast and say, hey, look, because of this, this is what happened six months later. You know? Oh, I like I it. I love that idea. Yeah, she's now a I love that. digital forensic person. Right? <laughs> I love and that. Kevin finally moved out. Yeah. <laughs> Christine, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on Learn Smarter today. We appreciate it. No, and we adore thank you. you. And we, I adore you as well. Thank you so much, Christine, for taking the time to chat with us on our podcast. It was such an honor to have you join us and to be so vulnerable with our community. And we're so excited to continue to hear what's going on with you and the rest of your huge clan. Our big takeaways for Christine were that she carried a lot of guilt about not recognizing and addressing her children's executive functioning and attentional weaknesses earlier in their lives. It was critical for us to remind her that she did the best she could at that time, as all parents do. You also heard us make the recommendation to Christine to pursue medication to help her with her children's attentional issues. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know this isn't something that we often skip ahead to. But with adult children who are experiencing a lot of failure, it's an appropriate recommendation. We think Christine's biggest aha moment was us saying, you're the EF for your child. She didn't recognize all the emotional and mental labor she was doing for her children, which was significant. We advise that she start where we start with our clients, which is with a calendar, and to listen back to episode two of Learn Smarter with her children to learn how to get started with that. And you never know. We'll likely work with Christine's kids to at least get them started on the path to success. If you are interested in doing an on-air coaching call on the podcast, you can be an educational therapist or teacher or learner or parent. We would be excited to figure out if it would be a good fit for all of us. You can email us at rachelandsteph at learnsmarterpodcast.com or even DM us on Instagram at learnsmarterpodcast or in our Facebook group, Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast. We'll likely start with sourcing more on-air coaching calls from our Facebook group, so be sure to meet up with us there. The link is in the show notes. Have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week.